Welcome to Dream Machine. My name is Aaron. And my name is Patricia. Hey, Patricia. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I had this really interesting dream last night. Mm-hmm. And, oh, do tell. Well, uh, it was a dream about a movie that uh, doesn't really get talked much about DreamWorks. And pretty much either nobody even knows it exists or they may have it in the back of their minds. And I thought, you know what? Maybe we should actually talk about it on Dream Machine because it seems to be glossed over by pretty much everybody. Yeah. I think I'll grab a coat. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. So Joseph King of Dreams is a 2000 American 2D hand-drawn animated by a biblical film, uh, sorry, family film, uh, which is only directed to video release from DreamWorks Animation. Uh, the film is an adaptation from Joseph and the Book of Genesis in a Bible and also serves as the prequel to the 98 uh, film The Prince of Egypt. Uh, composer Michael Pelfrey said that the film was designed to, as, a com- as a companion piece to The Prince of Egypt. Of course, uh, Joseph turned out to be very different than The Prince of Egypt. Nevertheless, uh, very challenging and rewarding, quote-unquote. The Book of Angels explains, uh, quote-unquote, this, in this film we are shown how Joseph makes use of his... Uh, um, a prophetic dream to guide him through his life and where his adventure leads leads him. So, I mean, I would definitely say we say this. Um, when this movie first started, uh, we were greeted with basically a, uh, de- you know, kind of like a paragraph of like, okay, uh, saying to everyone, okay, guys, this is is exactly as as uh, as true to the story as we can possibly get it with a few liberations, pretty much. So, yeah, they did the same thing with the Prince of Egypt. Yeah, but they didn't announce that to us at the beginning of the movie, did they? Well, I mean, technically they did, you know, with the the music, and then, you know, they had that paragraph, and then eventually it went over to the title screen, and then we were given that montage of the Egyptians, um, you, know, uh, you know, telling the slaves what to do. Okay. But, okay. yeah, but, yeah, uh, the, the letters were a lot smaller, but and, you know, not as much... Um, it, it didn't really stay as long as compared to this one. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I think that I can understand that uh, a lot of people criticize this movie because it was nowhere near as grand as The Prince of Egypt. In fact, every single co- comment and, and, you know, critique of this movie was just that. It's okay. It's just nowhere near as good as The Prince of Egypt. And even the critics said the same thing, too. I was looking up some information about this movie and, um, you know, very similar to The Road of El Dorado, there were some behind the scenes issues that were going to be taking this to the movie into a completely different direction. Uh, there's this uh, YouTube video that you can check out where the movie was going to be focusing on disjointed set pieces for uh, a character-driven story based off of believable motions, but they hated it. And so they had to basically just redo the movie pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the thing with this film is that it just... Um, the thing with The Prince of Egypt was, like, okay, give, forgiven with Martin Short and uh, and, and, and uh, the whole... The, those all kind of like comical routines that they also had, but uh, at least you could say that gave, you know, The Prince of Egypt some somewhat of kind of like, uh, you know, maybe some, you know, some, some colourfulness to it. I mean, this film for me is very stale. 
I mean, like uh, it just feel, it, it feels like this. It feels like the Prince of Egypt's been left out in the sun too long. Like you know, it, just, like, it, it doesn't feel like. Uh, uh, I mean, there, there's nothing really to kind of like uh, you know hurry. Like I got to be honest, there's nothing in this film that kind of made me kind of like either giggle or kind of made me like you know think, oh, that's a that's a very clever line. Like you know, they 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 literally followed Genesis to the T, and it just wasn't all that fun to watch. Really, I got to be honest. I guess maybe for some people, when they critique the Prince of Egypt, it's like, oh, uh, the comedic moments felt they felt out of place, and maybe they thought if we just left, um, you know, the liberties a little bit less on Joseph King of Dreams and told the story of Genesis, maybe it'll craft a better story. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I agree. Like, uh, I agree with people saying like the um, you know, the comical moments of Prince of Egypt did stick out like a sore thumb. I, t- I, you know, even I pointed that out in the uh, in the last Dream Machine. But I don't know. In this film, you kind of miss them. Like, uh, you kind of like uh, you kind of feel like, oh, I wish something you know kind of crazy kind of like happened at this point. Like, and not to say that some 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 crazy moments did happen at them, but they did, they did feel a bit. Uh, you know, uh, a bit not, didn't really have that much of an impact. So the blast includes uh, a young Joseph uh, who is uh, who has his twelve sons and is labelled as the miracle child, quote unquote, by his mother Rachel, uh, because he he was believed to be was believed to be barren. Uh, whilst uh, work whilst his brothers work on the farm, Joseph uh, contrasts uh, to doted uh, upon and educated by Jacob, uh, incited by the brothers' jealousy and hatred. Uh, when he receives a beautiful dream, beautiful goat from his father, the brothers hate him even more and fear that he may take over the clan leader upon his, the death of Jacob. So, uh, and I guess the way they kind of brought this all in, like, you know, hey, here's this miracle child from, uh, you know, uh, Rachel, who's believed to be, um, believed to be barren at the time. And uh, they, uh, yeah, they really, they really play into the fact that uh, they really think he's this, uh, you, know, you know, miracle who's just come, come out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. Okay. Now, if anybody knows about the story from the Bible, you guys know that uh, Jacob had two wives, Leah and her sister, Rachel. Um, Jacob loved Rachel, and he worked with his uncle for seven years wanting to receive Rachel's hand in marriage. But uh, his uncle gave him Leah because she was the older sister. And in order for him to get Rachel, he had to work with his uncle for another seven years. And he did. And during that time, he was able to get... Um, obviously the, um, you know, the 10, yeah, the 10 sons from Leah and Rachel never had any children, but then Joseph was born and based off of the fact that, um, you know, Jacob loved Rachel, he loved Joseph and treated him like the perfect child. And, um, you know, Joseph was, uh, basically that in a sense, if you ever read the Bible, there's, uh, there's a really interesting story that was written that kind of like uh, retold the story of Joseph, which made him out to be kind of like a, a spoiled child, not, not so much as like a bratty child, but you know, basically just, um, you know, he knew that his father loved him and he didn't understand why his brothers didn't really like him. And, you know, he always told about his dreams, you know, the one dream about the, um, the seven, um, you know, bushels of wheat bowing down to the 11th and the, the, you know, the stars, and the moon basically rounding up to him basically just saying like oh i'm the chosen one even though that i'm the youngest and his brothers were angry mm-hmm. and it's just uh i i feel a bit uh, uncomfortable going into this actually because I mean, we know this is based on the bible and uh, i know yes. there's probably there's probably christian listeners listening to this show but uh, i don't know like uh, the, the way they they built up joseph in this in this opening along with a musical company saying oh hey i'm the miracle child 
Like, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, in the, in the, in the Bible, yeah, I think you probably like, maybe, maybe makes sense to kind of build in the light, but like, you know, in, in other films, you know, it kind of makes the protagonist kind of seem a bit obnoxious. Yeah, most interpretations of Joseph point him out to be a spoiled, obnoxious, naive person who doesn't really understand on why his brothers don't like him. He, you know, he has the coat of many colors and he has the dreams or he boasts out about how he's the best child amongst the brothers. And then eventually that task in which they decided to sell him into slavery and make it look like he was killed by wolves. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, in, there's not really a lot of development in Joseph's character in like the beginning of the Bible, but basically, you know, everything that happened to him in Egypt is supposed to be a growth for Joseph, um, basically just trying to do better uh, during the time of famine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, it's a lot of interpretations do this, and I, I kind of understand it. It's just like of how they do it. Yeah, I just like I would like to like is at this point can it give Joseph some kind of like uh, you know some, something to kind of like make him make him like make us like him a little bit. Like you know, like oh hey, he's caring. Oh hey, he uh, he does he's this, he's that. But it's just no, it's just like oh miracle child, I've got my coat. Like uh, hey everybody, like you know, it's just it's. Uh, yeah, I would like to have like I get they they're doing the Bible to the T, but I, to me, I would like to have like seen um, some kind of like like you know in our protagonist something to like him at the beginning of the film. Like, you know, like, yeah, uh, for, for me, also, I didn't, I mean, if, yeah. If, if if you want to build him up to be unlikable and then becoming likable in the end, you could have done that too. Like, a lot of people love Ezio from Assassin's Creed 2 because he was such a spoiled brat who was rich and had powerful family. But then when his family was murdered by the, um, the Templars, he basically becomes an assassin. And, and, you know, as time goes on, he grows up into a mature man who gets revenge on the Pope who was responsible for leading the death of his family so i mean if you want to make it that in which like joseph was a spoiled brat who you know was loved by his father and you know had all of these amazing dreams but then when he was taken to egypt he grows and matures into a character that we can relate to very similar to what the bible showed us then I can see that. Yeah, I mean, on top of that as well, they, they try and give us like, oh, hey, look at him, uh, you know, doing irrigation with the well, and like, uh, look at him coming up with these innovative things. Like, you know, it's like uh, that has the same likability as like corporate America. Like, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, we know it's, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a good thing that there's innovation, but uh, you know, with all the obnoxiousness and all that things like that, like, you know, you can kind of see why it's so. It, it's, it's not, that's not really a likable trait, I guess, in a, in a movie character. If you will, yeah. like uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's like it's. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't like the uh, the way he was introduced. Anyway, anyway, so uh, he, um, he he goes on to have these dreams. Which, um, what do you think of the idea that they did all these dreams in watercolor and three D? Like uh, it was, uh, uh, watercolor, I can see because you remember in the segments where um, when Joseph saw uh, not Joseph uh, Moses when he saw the um, the the Egyptian, um, you know, um, hieroglyphics come to life and they're kind of like stilted animation. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually like that because it makes a lot of sense that the uh, hieroglyphics would be, you know, doing that. Like the, um, you know, the fact that they're barely moving and they kind of like tell this grand story. I I can see that. Well, I mean, I'm talking about like, you know, the dreams like uh, when he's like, like, he gets the dreams of like, you know, the wolves coming and like, uh, oh, his... uh, his, uh, you know, and then the dreams about the brothers, like uh, this kind of like mixture of like watercolor painting and 3D, 
Like, uh, uh, like yeah, the 3D. I don't like the. I didn't like the 3D. No, it, it, kind of, just... it, it kind of stuck out that, yeah, uh, you know, the fact that it takes place in a time in which 3D didn't exist. And, and, and the watercolor was fine, but I didn't. I didn't like the 3D. Yeah, just they say it, it felt like it, it kind of stuck out a little bit, like a you know, like a sore thumb. And uh, you know, in regards to um, the, um, yeah, uh, it just reminds me of like, do you remember Beautiful Joe? Uh, yeah. Back on the GameCube, yeah, it sort of kind of reminded me a little bit about that, you know, the whole whole, whole cell shading, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, deal, and uh, and some of that. Like uh, at one point, I thought like you know it was going to turn into Wind Waker at one point, like you know, like, <laughs> it, it just felt like it was going in that direction, and uh, you know, so uh, I just think uh, you know, what, what, when was Aladdin? What nineteen ninety six? I think it was nineteen nineteen ninety two. Nineteen ninety two. Yeah, and they they did the you know the Cave of Wonders three D animation they did for that looked way better than uh, whatever you know they they put in this film, and I get it's a director DVD. And that, and you know, it definitely does tell in this film that it's definitely direct to DVD because it doesn't look like there's as much uh, effort put into it as uh, the Prince of Egypt was, and uh, so. But uh, yeah, you just you can tell it wasn't it was it didn't seem that strong as like mm-hmm. uh, it didn't seem like a very worthy sequel to the Prince of Egypt. Is basically what I'm saying from the animation department. So, yeah, it's true. That's and and the fact that he was having dreams of the wolves. It's like really, you want to be more of a messiah child, Joseph. He never had dreams about like, oh, you know, this is going to happen. The only dreams that he did happen. I mean, you know, of course, the, later on, you know, with the um, you know the baker and um, you know the. Um, uh, what to call it? The yeah, the um, when he was in prison with um, you know, the the pharaoh's um, you know, servants. You know, that part did happen, but it wasn't like, oh, you know, this thing is going to happen to my family. I'm going to predict it and it's going to come true. It's like that never happened. Yeah. So I mean, looking at Joseph's journey as a whole, I mean, so, so he he basically he ends up uh, hearing on his brothers uh, when he's trying to deal with him, and so they end up shoving him down a pit, and uh, then the. Uh, when they finally recover him, uh, they end up selling him off to uh, to uh, these these Egyptians who are going to sell him into slavery. So uh, I mean, um, I mean, I think they also took a bit of liberties here because I don't think they abandoned. As far as I'm aware, they didn't abandon him in that that bit, did they? Uh, I mean, like uh, they they. I mean, they... Uh, basically, what happened was uh, in the in the Bible. So the Egyptians basically, um, you know, got him, and he was you know yelling to his brothers no don't let them take away don't let me take don't let them take me away don't let them take me away and then his brothers just kind of like walk off you know carrying you know his coat and um you know basically just uh leaving his brother to you know god knows where you know he's going to me they didn't care mm-hmm. so basically no that whole thing about leaving him in the ditch no that that didn't really happen yeah so um, we get to the point where um, they've they sold him into slavery, and he ends up uh, meeting the Egyptians, and uh, which uh, and uh, so I think that I think the transition of like him going from like a, oh slave to like uh, you know having some kind of uh, you know respectability within the um, within the, the Theros domain, like uh, it seems to go go through quite quickly when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, right? and to be fair, you know, that took years for him to go through that. He was working with Potivar, who was one of the Pharaoh's guards. Uh, no, the captain of the Pharaoh's guards, I'm sorry. And, you know, he had to work for a long time to gain his respect. Yeah. And, you know, it didn't just happen, like, immediately. Of course not. It seems a bit rushed, doesn't it? Like, uh, in, in yeah. that bit. Like, you would have seen it, like, to... Uh, I mean, you would like to have seen that more played out, I guess. And uh, there was some, probably some stuff in the beginning you probably, like, carved out. 
I think, you know, to make up for the fact, you know, for the uh, the length of time that uh, Joseph was working his uh, way to get, into, uh, the, to get to the favour of uh, Pontifar. You know, mm-hmm. I think that. So, um, we end up with uh, the, um, I think we like, uh, who, who, what's the name of the wife again? Uh, um, um, which one, Rachel? Um, I think so, yeah. No, not Rachel, the... Uh, Oh, oh, the, uh, um, I, I know. The, 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 yeah, the, the woman who tries to have an affair with him, I think. Oh, uh, Asenath, yeah. Asenath, yeah. So uh, we get that whole deal, and uh, yeah, he ends up tearing his shirt and then ends up getting arrested. And I thought that was like, okay. Like, uh, it was, um, I have no idea, like, um, what, I mean, wouldn't you think that, uh, you know, Potiphar, the, not, not, I know, obviously, you know, he comes around and figures that something's gone on. But you would think at the beginning, it's like he would have, like, turned around and think, what's, what's going on here? Like, you know, like, he would have questioned a bit more. I thought that you had, like, a, a whole montage uh, afterwards with a musical accompaniment, which, by the way, we, I can't remember any musical uh, hits in this film at all. Like, uh, Me or, neither. No, I can't remember one. And uh, so we get this whole montage of all the great things he does, like Joseph does, and then all of a sudden it's just gone like that with a click, and positive you know, throws him in throws him in prison, pretty much for uh, the crime of uh, making a woman cry. I guess yeah. or his wife cried. And to be fair, that did happen in the Bible where, you know, he was trying to um he was trying to uh, prevent, you know, Potiphar's wife from having an affair with him and he tried to like, you know, push him away, push her away, and then she starts crying and um they make it out like, "Oh, you know, he tried to um, you know, he tried to rape me. You know, he tried to have his way with me." And then Potiphar throws Joseph in jail because of that. Not yeah. because of oh you know he you know this this man made me cry, so oh, okay well I, I that that got lost in translation with me in regard in regards to that but uh, yeah I was about that as well the minute they like start dragging him to jail like he's probably like halfway through being thrown into the cell and then Bonzivar realizes that oh he you know his uh, his wife's trying to have an affair with with Joseph and like uh, he gets really he gets really angry about it but wouldn't you think that like within he would have like turned around and said okay then maybe we shouldn't put Joseph in jail and like leaves him in there anyway. Like, uh, it's just, it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, uh, it's confusing for, for me, yeah. the, uh, the motives of the characters the Bible, here. It, you know, Potiphar is never brought up again, so we can assume that in the Bible, he never even knew what his wife was doing. No, no. So years pass as he's been, uh, and, and uh, so as um, Joseph, um, you know, plants a tree in prison, that, that to me was just like, uh, yeah, all, all believability was kind of like, uh, you know, gone. And I get it's a biblical story. But uh, you know, like uh, growing an entire tree, like uh, underneath a um, a gauze in like a prison cell, like uh, yeah, I get they're trying to like play up the fact that he's this kind of like you know builder and constructor, and uh, that's the thing as well. Like you know, because you don't know what Joseph's main trait in all of this is. He's like he's a dreamer. He's a you know he does irrigation. He's like he's like a uh, uh, an anthropologist, I guess you could say in a way. And like, uh, yeah, so I guess in, and I get Joseph is supposed to be a pretty you know, important person in Genesis, but uh, yeah, they really, they, you can't really nail down basically what his, what his deal is, really, like, uh, it's kind of like, you know, say for example, you have Spider-Man, like his thing is web-slinging and, you know, being a superhero, and uh, then you got, uh, hello? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, sorry, go. Um, so yeah, you got um, you know, you got Spider Man who obviously is a superhero who does the web slinging. You got Iron Man who is uh, you know uh, Tony Stark. You know, and like uh, you know, you know, you know what their traits are. And like, but with Joseph, it's kind of like uh, 
Yeah, he's like he's uh, his dreaming and his uh, deciphering of dreams is kind of not really not really too much at the forefront. Like it's only kind of like you know uh, maybe maybe two or three scenes and then that's it. You know. Yeah, that's true. And um, yeah, in the Bible, it definitely explains about how Joseph is a very smart and very um, strategic man who constantly plans on, um, you know, everything that's been going on, whatever situation happens, he's able to find ways in order for um, you know, people to live happier lives and to solve problems, and that that is consistent with his character. But here, the uh, in this movie, they just make him out to be like so many things that you know he practically has like little to no flaws. And mm. you know, a, a flawless character is you know something that is not relatable to people. I mean, it, there there's a reason why you know a lot of people don't like Superman very much because oh, you know, he's practically powerful. You know, he's this flawless character who can never get hurt or killed unless it's kryptonite or magic. But um, you know, here, you know, they don't really give it a, a, an explanation on, you know, why Joseph is this or that. I mean, I, I don't even know. Have they ever mentioned about, like, you know, Joseph talking to God or any mention of God anywhere in this movie? Uh, there is mention of God. I mean, it's, it is here or there, kind of the same way that the dream deciphering's here or there. And uh, But uh, it's not I mean, it's not at the forefront. It's like it's kind of like wedged in the background a little bit and it's just kind of brought up. Like uh, within the within the confines of the uh, of the other uh, elements of the movie, but uh, in regards to um, yeah, I mean, like, uh, funnily enough, like uh, you know, uh, something with uh, with Genesis, like surprisingly enough, there's uh, very yeah, I, yeah, there is some. I would say, I would say, in the significant scenes, there's definitely significance of God. Like you know, in the in the example, like in the uh, finally when he meets the Pharaoh. And the Pharaoh tells him about his dreams, and then uh, Joseph tells him, "Oh, well, there's a there's a famine coming, and it's going to last seven long years, and uh, you know, uh, Egypt could be on its knees." Like, yeah, uh, yeah, that, like, that whole thing. In the Bible, it, it discusses about how you know um, when the Pharaoh hears stories about how he was able to interpret the ge- the dreams of the the butler and the baker that you know the butler was going to be coming back to his rightful place and the baker was going to be killed in 3 days um when you know Joseph basically tells the pharaoh um you know I'm sorry I'm not a I'm not a I'm not the one who you know deciphers the dreams you know God helps me with it mm-hmm. so uh I don't know if they ever mention that they just say like oh yeah I, I already know about this because uh, well, actually, he did say he did say that. Um, and it looked. I tell you what, there was actually a tense moment in the in the Pharaoh's chamber scene where he uh, looked like he when Pharaoh says, "Well, what do you think it is?" And uh, so, and then you kind of had that kind of like hesitation of like uh, you think he doesn't know what it's going to be, and then he says, "Oh, it's this." And so, yeah, uh, I guess so. so I guess I guess you could see they were trying to play tension between the Pharaoh and Joseph in that scene, but it doesn't really. I don't know. It just doesn't really come across all that well, really. Just yeah, I mean, nowhere near as like um, filled with tense compared to when Ramesses and Moses were talking, um, you know, regarding about stopping the plagues of Egypt. Otherwise, you know, things were going to get worse. Yeah. So do, that scene was tense. Do you know what's missing in this film? It, doesn't it feel like some scenes have been cut from this film? 
when you when you think about it. Like you know, they should have been like this build towards the Thero being kind of like unreasonable, then meeting up with like you know the uh, the the confrontation between him and Joseph in regards to the dreams. Like they should probably should yeah. have been a bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Following close to the Bible, we don't really get to see the Pharaoh until uh, Joseph meets him for the first time. Yeah, but the, the, this is the problem, though. Is like if you, uh, I think they've gone so near towards the Bible that they've kind of missed out on the ent- on the entertainment quality, if you will. Like, keep in mind, this is not a. This is what we read. What we have here is not a. Uh, as, what we have here is not, um, you know, not, not in the Bible. It's it's uh, it's on the it's on it's on it's on a director video DVD or a, it's a movie, basically. And so uh, you know, in a movie, uh, people are going to want to uh, they're going to want to feel things. They're going to want to feel. They're going to want to laugh. They're going to want to cry. They're going to want to uh, you know. They're going to want to build up the drama. They're going to want to feel suspense. And like uh, you know, when they finally meet up with the Pharaoh, there's not really that much suspense because it's not been built up right. Or it's not been built up at all. Yeah, that's true. There should have been like a scene in maybe which um, maybe the I would have, uh, you know, this would this also happened in the uh, the Joseph book that I read many years ago about how the when the butler came back and he was telling the uh, the Pharaoh, um, you know, Pharaoh, there was this guy in prison named Joseph, and he was the one who told a dream about how I was going to be coming back to you. And then it built up the Pharaoh into, um, you know, kind of like a, a, a doubtful character that, you know, dreams could even be possible. But then when he had a dream himself about the, the, the seven thin cows and the seven fat cows, then, you know, he started being shocked and, he, then he, you know, summons Joseph, and then he kind of like has this hardened heart. And then when he learns about the dream, his heart starts to soften, and uh, you know he puts the ring on his hand, and he he gives him a new Egyptian name, and he makes him like uh, you know his right hand man to help with the famine. You know he starts becoming a much more likable character. But here. You know, it's very similar to how the Bible in which, you know, he hears about the dream. He tells Joseph, I'm making you my right hand man. And then that's pretty much it. Yeah. What a promotion. <laughs> 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 wish, wish that happened in real life. Like, uh, hey, like, uh, uh, can you tell me what you, uh, can you decide what my dream was about yesterday? He's like, oh, yeah, it was about you going to the uh, subway and ordering a bit, you know, a big beef melt. He's like, hey, hey, you're going to be my CEO. Go, Congratulations. You know, it's like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I wish life was like that, but it's not. Oh, well. So Joseph um, then becomes, uh, I guess, a, a high, you know, basically becomes second to, you know, the, the most second most important person in Egypt, I guess. You know, uh, yeah, pretty that, much. Yeah. yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's like he's the guy doing. He's like the guy doing the architecture. He's uh, doing like all the artwork for. I mean, all the statue building and things like that, and uh, saving the, uh, you know, the Egyptians from like famine and things like that, and uh, then obviously handing out the grain afterwards, and then we finally get the conversations again with the brothers. And, yes. Uh, yeah. And uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, did they take liberties with this, or did they actually play it out the way it was supposed to play out in Genesis? They did actually. Yes, the, this actually did happen when the brothers, you know, come over to Joseph, and he basically wanted to test them out. He said, "You are spies," and then they basically said, "No, my lord, we are not spies. We are." We are 10 brothers who are living in Canaan and we need to get food for our father and for our brothers and family. And then he decides, okay, I want you to get your youngest brother. And uh, in the meantime, I'm going to put your you know, oldest brother in jail. And 
Uh, then they, you know, they had to rush to get Benjamin, who was Joseph's brother. Yes. And, and it's actually really interesting because this is weird. You see, Joseph didn't know that Benjamin existed, which is weird because, of, of course, Joseph knew that Benjamin existed. That was his little brother. Now, to be fair, yes, it's true that Benjamin was very, very young when Joseph was taken and, you know, be, you know into slavery with Egypt. So, yes, Benjamin didn't remember Joseph that well. But, I mean, he acts like, you know, Benjamin didn't exist. Uh, and the only reason why he knew that he existed was because he looked exactly like his mother. And then he was like, oh, you're my brother. And, yeah, that liberty was weird. Yeah, I'll tell you what, because in the way the movie plays it, it makes it sound like Benjamin didn't exist until, like, the final third of the movie. Yeah, and that's and that's weird because he was there, you know. (laughs) You know, Benjamin was born a few years after Joseph. She died from childbirth, and you know, uh, uh, Joseph and Benjamin stuck together as brothers, while all the older brothers basically just hated on them. So the fact that Joseph that you know Joseph didn't know that Benjamin existed, and then when he saw the likeness of his mother in him, and then he's like, "Oh, you're my brother from my actual mother." Yeah, that was kind of odd. Yeah, sorry. so it just yeah, it was um also on some of that as well. Like I say, there's one thing I will say about this film that they didn't do in the Prince of Egypt. So you know what that was? Mm. Joseph got married and had kids. Yes, that, that actually did happen. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. So Joseph did get married, but. Yeah, so let me get this, yeah, so basically, um, I don't know if Asenath was actually Potiphar's niece, I don't think that was mentioned in the Bible, Uh, or maybe that was, um, maybe it was, but I don't remember, but yeah, they they actually, they try to pull off a Zipporah in which, oh, you know, I actually met my wife when I was younger, and then I, you know, we became married, and we had children together, which you know, that didn't really happen in the Bible. It's, you know, it happened much later on, you know, after he became the Pharaoh's right-hand man, and then he had two kids. Um, so I guess they were trying to do the same thing with what Prince of Egypt did. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, it was... Um, I was like, you gotta, I, again, I don't know if uh, Joseph got married in Genesis. It's been a long time since I've read Genesis. I'll be he, honest did. With everybody. He, he did. He did, okay. Because that would have been funny, like, if they said, oh, well... Uh, you know, Joseph never got married in Genesis, but yet uh, he he they gave him married they gave him a wife and kids anyway, just for the you know, the sake of the story. But they didn't do the same thing with uh, with Moses in the Prince of Egypt, even though uh, apparently in that in that story it did happen. So yes, like, of yeah, course, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in both stories they happen. So yeah, I guess there was. Uh, Oh, that, I, I, there's no conflict there, I guess. Yeah, but so, here's the thing. Like, you know, I, I'm surprised that they were able to, you know, do that part of the story in Joseph, King of Dreams and not in Prince of Egypt. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's, um, uh, they mu- again, it must have been cut for time, I probably yeah, imagine. Yeah, I so. Yeah. So, um, so this whole thing... Mind you, the one thing I'll say about um, Azeroth in, in this is that, uh, you know, her her kind of like her, her, her querying about Joseph's mo- motives, you know, before she finds out that he they're actually his brothers and everything like that, like, you know, wouldn't you think she would have questioned right away why he made such rash decisions at the beginning? Like, because if you think about it, like, it's uh, the scene where Joseph makes the decision to jail one of his brothers and throw him in, and then it's kind of like, uh, you know, oh, well, he's been dragged away by the girl, He's been dragged away up to the uh, the city, then up to the prison, and then he's locked in there. And only just then does Azra say, "What are you doing?" Like you know, like it's a long time like to drag her across, like what you think would be a question she would have asked, like within the first three minutes. 
Yeah, yeah, in the movie, she did ask that on why is uh, Joseph doing this? And then Joseph explains, these are my brothers, yeah. and they did the same thing for me 20 years ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm, giving I'm, them not, saying, I'm, not, I'm not saying he did. I'm saying that, um, you know, it, it took Azareth, like, uh, you know, a whole scene, like, scene change to, like, say, to suddenly ask that question. Like, you would have thought she would have been asking it as if they were dragging him away. Yeah, that, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's, that's just my complaint about that, but, uh, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, maybe in Genesis there was a whole scene change before, I usually asked, <laughs> asked that question, I don't know. But anyway, we, uh, we get the, um, we get the scene then of, um, the, the brothers, um, having this kind of like this meal, and then after that he, uh, then decides that he's going to, uh, frame Benjamin for, uh, stealing one of his golden cups. And uh, then we get this. Um, and then we finally get the confession from Judah that uh, you know, he they were uh, they didn't want to uh, lose Benjamin to this because uh, they'd already lost uh, Moses prior. Sorry, not Moses. Uh, Joseph. I got my movies mixed up now. Okay, uh, it's getting. <laughs> okay, uh, they didn't want to lose um, Joseph. Uh, they don't want to lose uh, Benjamin the same way that they lost Joseph. And then obviously the mission comes out that uh, they'd uh, sold him into slavery and. Uh, and uh, you know, basically said what well, basically what happened in the uh, the end of the first act, first act, and then it's revealed that uh, the, who they've been dealing with this entire time was Joseph, and uh, then they all kind of they're they really reconcile very easily, I would say, like uh, you know, without any uh, any without any strife. Yeah, again, that also happened in the Bible too, in which when they found out that Joseph was the one responsible for all of this, they basically like immediately reunited, and then they begged Joseph for forgiveness. Uh, the the Bible's full of plot convenience. <laughs> okay, but no, it's like yeah, I would. Um, I think it's um, it was nice that they all kind of like you know. All is forgiven, and like, yeah, he's like, I'm sure if, like, um, I guess if the outcomes were kind of different, I guess you could probably imagine there'd be kind of a different aspect to it, but uh, yeah, I guess, um, they, yeah, uh, so basically, um, you know, the, the the movie ends with Joseph reuniting with his father, and um, Joseph's uh decided to invite his brothers and their families over to Egypt so that they can be able to live out the famine, and then they basically and you know their descendants lived in Egypt for hundreds of years, and as mentioned before in the Prince of Egypt, that they become so overpopulated that the Egyptians are feeling threatened, and so they make them into slaves, and which continues the Prince of Egypt. Mm-hmm. So um, we would tell you the uh, box office for this, but it's direct to video, so there was no box office. So, no. um, yeah, but uh, I guess we could always say a couple of facts about it. Like, it was the first prequel, I guess, they did before Puss in Boots. You know, for yes, Dream and itself. not only that, but it was the only direct-to-video movie. And I'm actually surprised that they didn't do any more after that, because I know that they, I, I actually, you know, read a little information regarding Ants. And apparently they wanted to make a direct-to-video movie of Ants shortly after the movie came out, but... It was cancelled. Well, to be honest with you, like, do you really think you're going to get... Um, I mean, you can always get some like, movies. You know, like, the synthetic actors they got. You know, like, they didn't get Robin Williams for, like, The Return of Jafar. They got uh, Don, uh, was it Jim Cummings who did that movie. Um, Dan Castellaneta. Dan Castellaneta, sorry. And uh, so, I guess they probably... I guess it probably wouldn't have been as great, because I doubt they were going to get, you know, Sylvester Stallone and uh, well, yeah, all, all those other actors back together just for a direct-to-DVD. Uh, you know, sequel to to Ants. What do you think? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of glad that they never did the the directed video movie of Ants, but you know, they were thinking about doing more of them. 
But we got one of the, you know, basically a prequel to Prince of Egypt. And had they done El Dorado, if the movie was a success, I'm sure that they probably would have continued that cliffhanger, you know, with, you know, Chell stealing the horse and Miguel and Tulo running after her. So maybe they would have probably done that. But no, as of right now, this is the only one that they've ever done. And considering that, you know, they have like these, um, you know, specials and shorts and, you know, the series on Netflix, I doubt that they're going to do any more anytime soon. Well, I mean, like uh, the the warning, I think is pretty clear in uh, doing direct, doing like you know mass production of direct to uh, video sequels of uh, of well known films. You know, where uh, you know, I, I I hate to think somewhere down the line, we, you know, you and I are going to end up doing the uh, the direct to video DVD Disney sequels. You know, like oh, uh, the, the, those ones. I've already done that. I don't need to do any more. Yeah, again, yeah, I, I, I won't put you through that. So horror again but uh, uh but uh you know in regards to i mean i think dreamworks i think dreamworks knows very well that they never do that because you know out of all those director video sequels that disney did like there was only probably only like two good ones probably like the lion king one and a half and uh, you know cinderella three like surprisingly yeah enough. and and also since you know jeffrey katzenberg wanted to distance himself away from disney and basically be the anti-disney which you know, the movie that we're going to be um, talking about pretty soon was essentially that. I guess direct-to-video movies was like, oh, this is what Disney's doing. We're not going to do any more of this. So they just focus on their theatrical movies. Mm-hmm. And so next week, I believe we will be going back to theatrical films. So uh, okay. Yes, we will be. And uh, just in time, too, because uh, I believe that Halloween is coming up. Yeah, and so very interesting indeed. So for me, Aaron. And Patricia. Take care and bye for now. See you later.